Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Christina Matina, Senior Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we're talking with an author of a commentary published in our August 2021 issue. The article, Cap Rule and Prescription Drug Prices, explains the mechanisms of copay accumulator adjustment programs, or CAPs, and the potential consequences of a rule finalized by HHS last year. Joining us today is Brian S. Walsh of Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School. Welcome. Can you introduce yourself and tell us about your work? Yeah, of course. So my name is Brian Walsh, uh, and I'm a research fellow with the Program on Regulation, Therapeutics, and Law, which is called Portal. Uh, and we're at Brigham, Women, Brigham and Women's Hospital in Harvard Medical School. Uh, we're a group of researchers who focus on prescription drug use, approval, and innovation. And my work specifically within the group centers around laws that create or prevent access uh, to low-cost generic drugs, which really spans pretty broadly, but uh, it spans from payment provisions like the one we discussed uh, in the piece today, as well as patent laws that permit or exclude such generics from the market. So what are copay accumulator adjustment programs or CAPs, and why do they matter? Yeah, so, so to understand CAPs uh, or copay accumulator adjustment programs, it's kind of important first to be aware uh, of the existence of drug manufacturer assistance programs uh, and how they work and what they incentivize. These assistance programs really provide either direct funds or coupons to patients who are filling certain drugs at the pharmacy counter. Uh, usually this is like a, a brand drug company that's providing such assistance to patients that are filling their brand version of the drug. Um, and most of these assistance programs have some sort of maximum amount allowed. So the maximum amount of coupons, the maximum amount of direct uh, funds. Uh, and they can be extremely helpful to patients who know about the assistance programs and who meet the sometimes high bar for qualifying. And they front most, if not all, of the out-of-pocket costs for patients. And are, are, they're super beneficial when no lower-cost alternative exists. The problem is when a lower cost alternative is available, it often results in economic waste uh, that comes from filling the costular version of the drug because there's no out-of-pocket cost for the patients because it's picked up, the tab is picked up by the manufacturer assistance program instead of the cheaper generic. Uh, and basically someone has to front the bill and that often ends up being the insurer who's now paying for the costlier version uh, because the patient's co-payment for the costlier version has been uh, all but eliminated. CAPs, on the other hand, are a response to this economic waste. They allow insurers to ignore these payments made by the drug uh, companies when calculating how much the patient has paid out of pocket for the year. This is mainly for the purpose of determining whether the patient or beneficiary has met their out-of-pocket maximum and therefore would be excused from further cost at the pharmacy counter for the remainder of the year. Uh, The idea of CAPS is really to deter the use of drug manufacturer assistance programs in favor of lower cost alternatives. But as we've explained in the piece, the success of CAPS really requires three things. Lower cost alternatives must exist, uh, such as in the form of a generic version of the brand name drug or generic versions of a drug in uh, the same class that has similar clinical benefits. 
another requirement is beneficiaries must know these restrictions uh, implemented by CAPS exist and therefore be able to choose either the lower cost alternative or make an informed decision about whether they want to accept the assistance program funds. And then finally, uh, for CAPS to work, beneficiaries must be in a position that if not for the restrictions, they would have met their yearly out-of-pocket maximum um, and benefited from being excused from uh, cost at the pharmacy counter for the remainder of the year. How did the rule finalized last summer change the requirements around CAPS and what could be the consequences? Yeah, so so the rule uh, last summer really just opened up the ability for insurers to implement CAPS uh, even when no lower cost alternative exists. Uh, but even more worrisome, uh, while it kind of suggested that transparency should be in the minds of uh, insurance companies implementing these plans, there's no requirement of any transparency. So with those two in mind, it really eliminates the first and second requirements that I just discussed, uh, both that there be lower cost alternatives that exist for the patient to be able to fill the prescription and the requirement that the beneficiary knows of the restrictions. So there's no transparency, there's no requirement for lower cost alternatives. Uh, the consequences while kind of applying to a relatively narrow group, uh, when you look at it on a national scale, uh, it's still huge. Uh, beneficiaries that rely on high-cost brand drugs without lower-cost alternatives that normally get excused from out-of-pocket costs for a portion of the year will likely be surprised late into the year they still haven't met their out-of-pocket maximum. And if that drug manufacturer assistance through direct funds or coupons runs out, they'll still be responsible for all of the out-of-pocket costs for the remainder of the year. And this is especially detrimental to those who plan on having a portion of the year with lower cost uh, at the pharmacy counter after high spending uh, in the earlier months of the year, similar to people that have like a high deductible plan who expect to be excused from some costs later in the year. And this will result in a surprise to those, uh, those beneficiaries that have planned on that. What solutions are you suggesting to ensure patient access to medications? So oddly enough, CMS had originally proposed a narrow version of the rule uh, that required the existence of lower cost alternatives. Through a series of comments from industry and, and other concerned stakeholders, they pointed out that conflicts with other agencies' rules surrounding high deductible plans. So CMS backed off the narrowed version and implemented the rule that we're talking about today. While I think it's important to allow CAPS, mainly because the drug manufacturer assistance programs create such waste when they incentivize the use of brand name drugs, when low cost uh, versions exist, I think at the very least, the CAPS uh, need to push patients toward that lower cost alternative, and therefore one must exist. So going back to the first proposal in a way that avoids some of the conflicts that were raised uh, by commenters uh, would be ideal. But in an alternative, at the very least, the agency should probably mandate disclosures in plan documents because the patients need to know that these uh, programs exist um, and understand how the restrictions operate and what, what's going to happen if they accept drug manufacturer assistance. And it's, it's really just based on, a well, they need to be able to make an informed decision about whether to accept these funds um, at the pharmacy counter or not. Are you hopeful at all that the cap rule will be adjusted in response to feedback like your commentary? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I, I think there's a chance that feedback like this gets the issue noticed. Uh, but unfortunately, this was a payment rule that was buried in a larger proposal, like a, a pretty substantial proposal, and had been stayed for a couple years. So it's likely going to go unnoticed for a while. I think the better approach or the better hope for commentary and, and feedback like this is kind of making sure that insurers are implementing the restrictions in a beneficial and transparent way at least until the rule gets fixed or narrowed or that transparency is uh, mandated.
the agency did suggest that insurers um, be transparent with these plans, but you know, really making sure that that transparency is, is meaningful and actually instructive is important in the meantime. What other questions around CAPS uh, would you like to see more attention on? I think there's a lot of questions that, that really could be studied for CAPS. While the, this rule didn't really create these programs, they, they are relatively unstudied. Um, I think questions such as how well do they really incentivize the lower cost alternatives? Like if patients are avoiding the immediate cost at the counter through the drug manufacturer assistance funds, do CAPS really fix the problem uh, when lower cost alternatives exist? Uh, do beneficiaries understand how they work? Uh, when the restrictions are clearly discussed uh, in the summary plan documents. Really, there's no shortage of, of questions that, that can be asked about CAPS, and there's a lot of studies that, that can be done surrounding the existence and utilization of them. Well, that's the end of my questions. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? I think that's it. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us. For more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.